for listening to the weekly sermon. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Glenn Hubbard. For more about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at www.riverinthehills.com. We all know there are increasing pressures in our world today, uh, unlike in my lifetime. And the result is they're, cause, they're, they're resulting, not causing many, but they're resulting in just the, the cold hard fact that many sincere believers in Jesus are feeling overwhelmed. Not like protracted 24-7 overwhelmed, but the, the, uh, the uh, occurrence of being overwhelmed is more often than I've experienced in the past. It's a feeling, it's a looking at things, but it really is, and I'm, you know, it's just my sense is that uh, believers are feeling that, and they're sensing uh, that, and they're going through that being overwhelmed. And I think as a result, many who really love Jesus are retreating into a, a, a retreat mode. They're, they're fleeing, so to speak, rather than fighting. They're, they're, they're backing off from that holy passion for Jesus that they once had. They still love Jesus, but they're backing off from that holy passion, and they are, they're backing away from that compassion for people and situations that they once had, that once caused them to go out of their way to, to really care about and serve others, even to their own discomfort. And I don't say that as a cut down. I, I say it this way. We can be, you know, the Spanish word for worry is preocupar. They can be so preoccupied with their stuff that they don't have the bandwidth they used to have to put up with and care about others. It's like, you got problems, I got problems. And so we tend to retreat into that mode. And, um, you know, I, I just think, I think it's important. Now, we say this in church a lot, you know, like, well, none of this is taking God by surprise, you know, but, but I really want us to stop and think about that. None of this has taken God by surprise. He's not shocked. He's not like Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone, like, oh, there's an open border. What is Mayorkas doing? Those who don't know Mayorkas, probably you don't need to know. He's not shocked by that. He, he wasn't, I think there's a degree of, in the heart of God where he's shocked by the atrocities that Hamas committed when they invaded Israel. But he's, but overall, he's, in fact, he saw this rise in anti-Semitism coming. He saw, but Psalm 2 says it very clearly. I'd, I'd encourage you to go, go home and study out Psalm 2. It says, why do the nations rage and the, the people plot, the nations plot against a vain thing, against the Lord and against his anointed ones and against his people, Israel. And then it says, the Lord who sits in heaven, the heavens, laughs. Now, I love that because that spirit dwells in you. If you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit came to live in you. 
And so it didn't take him by surprise. He's not shocked. And the greater one lives in you. And so we, he's provided a remedy for us to overcome and to be victorious. He's, he, the remedy, just to say a few things, it's the cross, it's the blood of Jesus, it's the word of God, it's worship, it's your church family, what we already did, we gathering around with people, getting strengthened by Timothy's prayer, by, some, by, by Abigail, by Danny, I mean, come on. That's the kind of, he's provided so many remedies by Kevin Hool. Is that you, Kevin? Good, okay, good. I'm, I'm battling a little. My eyes are getting healed. Glory to God. Y'all look great, by the way. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Uh, by faith. But God's got a remedy. He ch you know how I look at it? Here's how I look. When I look at you all, blurry you are. When I look at you, I think, wow. God chose to have Carrie Nichols and Glenn Hubbard be on the planet at this time because he knew we had the right stuff to do his bidding in this hour of great darkness. He knows we have the right stuff. Well, there they are, okay. He knows we have the right stuff in the new birth, okay? Not in us being great. The greater one lives in us. He knows, he's like, we're alive on this planet for such a time as this. Do you all, y'all aware of that? Or are we all just being shocked by the news every couple of days? I am shocked by the news. I'm like, wait, what? But he's not shocked. I, you you kind of need a, a dictionary, a Google for 80s, think, uh, an 80s anthology or a, you know, one of those deals, because so many of my illustrations are from the 1980s. This was a 1983 movie called The Right Stuff. Guess what it's rated? PG. Okay. For Pastor Glenn. It's rated PG. I highly recommend it. This is seven astronauts that were, that were from all the different branches of the military who risked their lives to be the first Americans in space. First, in the Mercury program. If I'm wrong, Norm will come up and chastise me later. But uh, John Glenn was one of them. I say my name again. But, but the right stuff is what God's called you and me to, to have. So know that in this hour. Not, oh, I'm alive right now. <laughs> no, he's like, no, you're here for a reason. Hebrews 2, 1. Hebrews 2, verse 1, it's in your notes, tells us it's possible, though, for us to drift away. We can drift away. Look at, look at what it says there. If I can see it. Somebody read. <laughs> Where is that in my notes? I know it's up on the screen. So, um, yeah, it's, it's there somewhere. Oh, yeah, I'll look at it on my, my other handout. Oh, yeah. We must pay careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. I wanted to get the words right. Okay. Notice it says drift. It doesn't say swept. So we don't get swept away. It's gradual. The drifting is like being on a boat in Lake Travis. You turn the motor off 
And then you start to drift away from where you wanted to go. And you're, you're carried by the current. God's called us. said, be careful, pay careful attention so that you don't drift. And so this is where we are today stepping into part two of a word that the Lord put in my heart about a month ago. I think it was four Sundays ago. In pre-service prayer, this phrase, fight or flight, came in my spirit. It came back a couple of times through the morning. When I looked it up in Google, I knew it was a, a, a physical response to, of the body. But when I looked it up, the, uh, the definition, it, uh, it said, um, what, what did it say? Again, having not seen very, very clearly is not, not the easiest, but it said uh, it's a uh, automatic, it's in your notes, paragraph A, automatic physiological response to an event that is perceived as stressful or frightening or dramatic. And, uh, and so our, our body, when we encounter something like that, which is what's happening a lot these days in, in our lives, personal and in our, in our nation and in, in the world. You know, we have a lot of access to the world through our phones and TVs and everything. So the, the, when there's a fight or flight, the, the, the physical responses release hormones. And it, it causes you to either stand and fight or turn and flee. Now, there's times in the natural when you, you need to flee, okay? So I'm not... I'm not discounting that, but in the spirit realm, when I saw what these three physical responses are, I saw within seconds the Lord putting in my heart that he has called us to do the same spiritual responses that our body makes when the fight or flight syndrome, or the fight or flight response kicks into our body but three in the spirit. And so I talked about this uh, a couple of weeks ago. It's a, a message on the, the website. I have the notes on the website if you want to go back and review that. But real quickly, what, the, what the, the hormones released in the body produce three physical things, increased heart rate, increased blood pressure, which in this case is a good thing, and increased breathing rate. Well, I saw within seconds the Holy Spirit wants to help us to increase our spiritual heart rate, our spiritual blood pressure, and our spiritual breathing rate. Real quickly, what it is, is he wants us to increase the rate at which our heart responds back to God when we feel like we're drifting. Increase my heart rate... So I don't eat two bags of cookies feeling sad. Let me turn right back to you as soon as I feel myself starting to drift. Increase my blood pressure. Eat, I plead the blood of Jesus more. How many of you want God to help you plead the blood of Jesus more in your life? Declare more what the power, let the power of the blood by our declaration press in to that area we need the power of the blood to press in. Physical, financial, emotional, 
at many areas, the blood of Jesus is the answer. And then third, increase our spiritual breathing rate. The rate at which the word pneuma is breath or spirit in the New Testament. So increase the amount of time, times a day or each regularly, where I say, Holy Spirit, breath of God, come fill me up. You know why we need to get filled? Because we leak. Like a balloon, you know, with the air going out. You know, whatever it is causes our little balloon to go. One year I had a balloon blown up and I was like, and I let the air go out. We got to get filled up. Increase the breathing rate. All right, I, that was a couple weeks ago. I will move on quickly, <laughs> but uh, praise God. So, paragraph B, I believe when I heard this phrase, fight or flight, I believe this is a metaphor for something that is happening throughout the body of Christ. Not just here at River in the Hills, but throughout our nation, throughout the world, really. Every believer in Jesus in this hour is going to have to choose. They're, they're, we're all confronted with the choice because the pressures are turned up. Do I flee and retreat or do I fight the good fight of faith? Now, it's not all or nothing. I said that last time. It's not like you completely retreat. But there are areas, if we're honest, in our life where we back off. Well, other areas where we keep fighting. And sometimes the people around you don't know anything's happened. You, you, you just, you retreated into a hopelessness or a fear or a carnality. And nobody around you knows the difference, but you know, and the Lord knows. It's not our destiny to choose flight. God's called us, to the greater one who lives in us, to help us stay in fighting the good fight of faith, regardless of those pressures. In fact, hopefully, those pressures are, are cutting away stuff in our heart that's keeping us from loving him more, from loving others more. When things come at me now, I'm like, okay, I find no fault in you. And it's like, and I, I began to say this phrase couple, last week or week before, God, you're really into love. Like you're, re it's like really your big thing. So that thing hitting me, he's like, like, oh Lord, you're, you're making my heart more filled with, with your love. Because one day, the bridegroom's coming, and he does not coming for the bride that doesn't love him in the same intensity as he loves me. That's the end game. So he's after a heart. All right. The, uh, it's, it, you know, like I said, not all areas. I'm going to get serious in a minute, but I just, I couldn't resist this. Because it, and don't show the pictures yet, Cole, but I couldn't resist this. It's um, a movie from, well, it's not the 80s, 2001, before 9-11, uh, Legally Blonde came out. Reese Witherspoon, all right. Reese, anybody else see Legally Blonde? All right. 
So don't show any pictures, but uh, Elle Wood, Reese Witherspoon, never saw it. Okay. Well, she uh, she's in California sorority or whatever, and and her boyfriend, she thinks he's her name's Werner. She thinks he's going to uh, ask her to ask her to marry him. Instead, he breaks up with her because he's going to go off to Harvard Law School, and uh, and so she's heartbroken, rejection. She goes from the pain. She goes into flight mode, and so there's this picture of her in her bed in the sorority house there eating chocolates looking at us at a soap opera and the guy's talking to the girl in the soap opera and she goes you liar and she throws chocolate at the tv and you know well she doesn't stay in flight mode she goes from flight to fight she, she signs up for Harvard Law School, gets accepted, becomes valedictorian of Harvard Law. This, I guess, well, I think Harvard was always woke, but anyway. <laughs> if it was another school, sorry. But she goes to Harvard Law School, and she's, she's the valedictorian. And so here she is. She went from flight to fight. She's giving the, this the valedictorian address to Harvard Law School, it's gonna come up there. This is her from flight to fight. Do you see, can you get that other picture, no? All right, well, there it is, all right. So that's the Harvard Law graduation. So, all right, that, that was fun for me to relive. I think I've seen that movie many times. Um, so I do wanna recommend the Right Stuff movie, by the way. That movie, I'll recommend it, it will help encourage you and and all that, so, plus it's PG. All right, so um, one thing, another thing here, before I get into these practical things, thank you so much, Cole. Cole, thank you, let's give Cole a clap. Thank you, thank you. So here it is, the, um, there was a key verse, Suzanne actually was telling me this this week at, at Women's Coffee Club, which is every Wednesday morning, that's uh, up here, all the ladies are invited. The Lord gave her this verse and uh, she shared it with me. And I was like, and she said, this is just really the, the word on my heart. And I thought that is a perfect description of either flight or fight. It says, uh, it's there, Romans 12, 21. It says, uh, do not be overcome by evil. That's flight mode, letting the evil overcome us retreating, you're overcome, but overcome evil with good. Notice something there. So that's the fight or flight, or being overcome or overcoming. Notice something, there's no middle ground. It's either one or the other. And it's not set in stone. Like I said, increase your heart rate. When you feel like you're drifting, turn right back. I want to lessen that time. Of drifting are you all with me on that if I could just keep decreasing that never gonna be perfect at it I'm gonna share you share with you a few things practically I do because I asked myself about this I went what do I do that keeps me at least relatively hopefully staying in fight mode okay I can't stand up here at all and ever say I'm hundred percent fight mode you know in the spirit, fighting in the spirit, not, you know, getting arrested for fighting. But 
I, I can't say that, and nobody can, not until Jesus comes back and I get my, my the new glorified body will we ever be able to do that. But these are some things that really work in my life. So I want to I'm going to pass these on to you in the, the minutes <clears throat> that I have left. It's very practical. The first the part one was how do I go from flight to fight? Today is how do I stay there? How do we keep ways that we can keep fighting in the good fight of faith? And like I said, there are many ways. Some will work for you different than me. But I want to pass these on to you. <clears throat> um, Proverbs 24, 16. And we've got to say this before. I, when I said that, you know, I, I stumble. We all stumble. But I found this from, and Cole, we just, we just don't have the wherewithal to put the passion translation up for Proverbs 24, 16. You know, most of you know that verse, that the righteous man stumbles seven times, but rises again, right? Well, I have to read this in the passion translation. <clears throat> for the lovers of God may, that's us. For the lovers of God may suffer adversity and stumble seven times. But they will continue to rise over and over again. Isn't that beautiful? That's beautiful. Thank you, Lord. Well, <clears throat> the first one is I take time. This is what keeps me fighting the good fight. I take time to gaze on the beauty of God. We were all created, every human being, with the longing for beauty. It's in us because God made us that way. <clears throat> and when I get little glimpses, just little glimpses of the beauty of God, Kyle preached a message a few weeks ago. It, it, it does something in me that strengthens me and stabilizes me to stay in fight mode. And so I, I say the phrase, <clears throat> I say the, yeah, it, it's the phrase gaze on God's beauty. It's not a glance. Gazing on God's beauty is what King David said was his number one priority in his life. Psalm 27, 4, it's in your notes. He says, one thing have I desired, that will I seek. Now, he was a king. He ran an army. He was president of a nation. But he said, this is the one thing that I prize above every other thing, that I value, that I put my time, whatever time you can spend doing this. David said, one thing if I desire, besides running a country and running an army, <laughs> is to dwell, not dart in to the, the house of the Lord, but dwell. And your house of the Lord can be your prayer room, wherever, you know, but <clears throat> we, we open this up during the week. It's to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire, to ask questions in the temple. So he, he put that as his priority. <clears throat> and, uh, and so I really can practically say it it does help me a lot to to stay in that fighting but i have to schedule it i find if you don't schedule time 
to gaze on the beauty of God, that then you'll just glance at him now and then. Much less time it, we do things in the kingdom if we don't schedule them. So over 17 years ago now, I got really, my heart got really marked to set as much time as I could to schedule time to gaze on his beauty. Now, it doesn't, it's not like I'm in here getting blown away all the time. It's like, it can be days, sometimes weeks, but when I get that glimpse, I take, here's what I do. I take God's word in my hand, and uh, I have it in my phone, but got it right here. So I'm, usually I'm, I'm in the time of gazing, and I have worship going. I like that. You may like it silent. But I take his word by reading his word, turning it into conversation. Like, help this, help me live that. Or, or thank you that that promise. Or, you know, I turn it into a conversation. I take his word in my hand or on my phone. And I come in here. And I give him time to come and melt me. Misty Edwards sings that. I take my cold, cold heart. I take my unrenewed mind. I take your word in my hands. And then I give you time to come and melt me. Time is the secret to getting times where he, he touches you with his beauty. And when he touches you with his beauty, ah, you're strengthened, you're stabilized. Now, there are other ways that God reveals his beauty. <clears throat> I had fun looking at this, and I, I wrote some of them in your notes. Uh, some of the ways that God's beauty strikes our heart, besides the word and worship, is, I think it's, yeah, it's in your notes, the beauty of nature, a sunrise, a sunset. Mountains in Colorado, okay? Beauty in nature, art, literature, poetry, uh, filmmaking, certain films, beautiful. Uh, a newborn baby, John Isaac. So, okay. A new, how many of you know a newborn baby? That's the beauty of God, right? I mean, friendships, godly friendships, uh, kindness shown to us when we don't deserve it. Isn't that beautiful? Someone's kind to you and you didn't deserve it. How beautiful it is. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll just say this for me. Kyle and I have a little thing here. <clears throat> they call soccer the beautiful game. Okay, I see beauty in a beautiful goal being scored in soccer. I see beauty in rodeo. That's just me. I, I see beauty with cutting horses, how they, how they do quarter horses and they do all that. So, so whatever places you find beauty, the beauty of God, you can get your heart touched by seeing how, how God created this world. Um, and then I would say this, the beauty shown by our church family. Twyla Paris, again, <clears throat> back in the 80s, if you can show her a picture, anybody remember Twyla Paris? Okay, her uncle was big in Youth with a Mission. She wrote wonderful songs. 
She has this song called, How Beautiful is the Body of Christ. I just want to read it because I feel that every time I'm with you all. These are the lyrics. How beautiful the radiant bride who waits for her groom with his light in her eyes. How beautiful when humble hearts give the fruit of pure lives so that others may live. How beautiful, how beautiful, how beautiful is the body of Christ. Second, I'll go quickly now here. I'm not going to cover all five, by the way. We'll cover one more, and then the worship team will come up. Uh, Declare God's word. Declaring God's word out of your mouth is a way that you can keep fighting in fight mode. Because Ephesians 6, 17 says, the word of God literally is your sword in the spirit. It's the sword of the spirit. And how did Jesus fight Satan in Matthew 4 when he was tempted and tested? Quoted the word. He said, it is written. It is written. So I just, I asked somebody, I asked Ashton if he had a four foot sword here, but he didn't have one in his truck. So this will do. I was going to use the shofar, but that might offend you. So, but, but when the, in, when you get those pressures and you're tempted to retreat, whoosh, pull out your sword. I love Twyla Paris, but she had a song I didn't agree with back in those days. It's called The Warrior is a Child. And it said, sometimes I drop my sword and I cry for just a while. And I was like, Twyla, I love you, but don't drop your sword. Okay, all right. Don't drop your sword. It is written. Well, what if I don't feel like it? Doesn't matter. In fact, ABC, can y'all remember this? Um, ABC, admit you're tempted to retreat. Believe the word of God and then confess it. But get what? guess what? ACB works just as well. Admit you're about to retreat. Confess the word. And in a little while, what happens, Carrie? You're going to start believing it. I say this because you're a woman of the word. You confess it until you can confess your way into believing. Some of you here today or out there on the thing go, oh, I know all this. Are you doing it? Well, I have that filed away. Lord, help us to pull out the file. Unsheath that thing so I can have a big sword and not a little pocket knife. All right? How much word are we getting in us? Frederick, I did this for you. How much word? You have a big sword? Or a little pocket knife. Devil comes at you. Get back. Now it'll still work. But kind of. Well, he'll look at you and go, okay. But the more we get in us, the bigger the sword gets. All right? Amen. Glory. All right. All right, here we go. So, 
One day last week, Suzanne and I felt overwhelmed. Anybody, I mean, everybody gets overwhelmed, right, at times, all right? You don't want to hear my sob story, but uh, we all have our times where we get overwhelmed. Well, she came to the prayer room, said, I'm overwhelmed. I feel overwhelmed. And I was like, yeah, these things, things out of your control, things that, are, that hurt or things that you're like confused. I've been saying this a lot. Man, I'm, I feel like I'm in a living room just telling you my secrets here. I say this a lot right now when I talk to him. I say, Lord, I love you, but I don't understand. And then Dave Slacker said something Friday night on the Encounter God service. He said, say these two things out of your mouth when you feel pressure to, to turn. He said, say, Jesus, you're my best friend, and I trust you. I got out of my truck this morning and said, Jesus, you're my best friend, and I trust you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the power of our tongue to, to unsheath the sword, to de declare your word. Jesus, you're my best friend. Thank you, Don. If you all can come up, worship team. So Suzanne came in. <clears throat> said, Glenn, I think if we just read the word, <clears throat> she said, Glenn, can you think of a psalm that has to do with telling us how big God is? And the number 61 came in my head. I have no idea, had no idea what Psalm 61 said. And I was like, I was hoping that if we opened it, it didn't say, and I, the Lord, strike you with hemorrhoids, you know, or <laughs> something, right? <laughs> I mean, that's actually something that, okay. I was, like, I was like, okay, I hope this is a good one, you know, on how big God is. So I just want to read it as you all start to play. Actually, I had a third one. I'll, I'll do the third one later sometime. But Psalm 61, it's in your notes. How big God is. Ready? Hear my cry, O God. I'm just saying this. right. I'm going to declare this for anyone who's been retreating in an area. Hopelessness, fear, discouragement. Hear our cry, O God. Listen to our prayer from the ends of the earth. We will call to you. We call to you as our heart grows faint. Lead us to the rock that is higher than us. For you have been our refuge, a strong tower. We ran to the tower today. A strong tower against the foe. We long to dwell in your tent forever and take refuge in the shelter of your wings. For you, God, have heard our vows. You've given us the heritage of those who fear your name. Increase the days of the king's life. His years for many generations. May he, may we, the church, be enthroned in your presence forever. Would you appoint your love and faithfulness to protect us? Then we will ever sing in praise of your name. We will fulfill our vows day by day. Then Suzanne had a verse. We read it. Romans. I believe it's Romans. Where it is. Uh, no, Psalm 18, 34 through 36. There it is. 
It really helped when we declared this. It really helped take the pressure to retreat off. It, verse 35, Lord, you make your help, your saving help, my shield. Lord, you make your saving help my shield. Sometimes the pressure is so great that all you have is your choices. You don't have any feelings. The pressure to go into that carnality or into that escape that's not sanctioned by the Holy Spirit, it's so great. All you have is your choices to know what the right thing to do is. You put your head down in the sense of like humbling yourself. You put your head down and you keep going forward. Choosing, please hear me, choosing what you know is right. I'm going to do this because it's right. Regardless of your feelings or the pull of the enemy. Romans 6.11 says, know this, accounting term. Know this, that you are dead to sin. Glenn, you're separated. Dead means separated from the enslaving power of sin. You don't have to give in to that. But you are alive to God. Romans 10, 13. No temptation has taken you except that which is common to man. And God's faithful. He'll not let you be tested beyond what you can take. But with every temptation to retreat, to go into flight, he will provide a way of escape. So when you're like, I, th I don't know how else I can... Uh, Oh, wait, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, Lord, what's the way of escape? He'll give you a way. Yeah, we'll save this one. But remember the past times God's shown up for you. That's the third one. Remember those. Or remember the times where God used you to rescue someone else. I want us to just take this time now as Donnie and the team, as you lead us in a song. I want to give you an opportunity. I just wrote it in my notes this way. I want to give every one of you on the worship team too, to make a move. If you guys even need to stop playing just to come and take communion, if God says for you to do it, do it. We'll be all right. If you want to come up here, kneel. If you want to just stay at your seat and gaze and on the beauty of the Lord. But I want to just lead us in a worship song. And I want to encourage you to make a move. Make a move toward God. Make a move toward Him with your pain. With your worries, make a move toward him with what you sense and know in your heart is a lukewarm heart right now. Make a move, not for any of us to see. I had a, a precious prayer this morning, <clears throat> and I'll just say this last thing on this. But Laura Hackett Park was singing I said it, I think it was 2 p.m. yesterday. 
in the International House of Prayer. And they're going through a lot up there. But she was singing about the cross and how Jesus shed his blood. And she kept singing. And you bled. And you bled. And you bled. It was so beautiful. It's not a song on an album. Song from heaven. And I just got overcome. And then the thought came in my heart. God, you're bringing people today in this service who are bleeding. They're bleeding from something someone said or accused them of. Or they're bleeding from an accusation of the enemy that says this or that lie. Or they're bleeding from some past disappointment or mistreatment. And I had this impression, I've been praying it the last 18 hours. Lord, because you bled divine blood, would you stop the bleeding today? I plead the power of the blood that you shed to heal a broken heart today. To restore hope for one who's retreated into hopelessness. I'd like our prayer teams to come forward. And if you don't want to be up here to pray with anybody, you just turn around and you just make a move toward God yourself. Those who came to the the healing room meeting yesterday, I'd like you all to come forward. Danny, Mary, Danny, if you could come up. Is Abigail in here? Danny just told me out in the lobby, he said he used to, he was part of John Wimber's, the vineyard healing model. God's bringing us people like that. Just if you guys can come in and fill up in here. I just want, would like prayer. Let's worship God. Just make a move. Make a move today. You're free to move about the cabin. Go ahead. Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. To download the notes and slides for this message, visit our website, riverinthehills.com. If you would like to partner with us in moving God's heart and changing the world, please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend.